Great. Well, welcome. Welcome to the Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave uh, webinar that's um, really being presented today at the Agile for Humanity Tucson Meetup. And, and the topic today is um, my first initial coin offering, ICO, cryptocurrency, managing chaos with agile practices. Oh, um, a little bit about myself. Um, this is Dr. Dave Cornelius. Um, I fancy myself to be a servant leader, or that's my goal. I'm an agile coach and trainer. Um, delivered over a billion dollars in customer value. I'm really involved with digital transformation strategy. Try to help people to get uh, from concept to cash innovation. I'm currently a Tech Launch Arizona advisor at the University of Arizona. Um, a few things that we have available is like we have. Uh, I've written two books. One is called Elastic Minds, What Are You Thinking? And Transforming Your Leadership Character, The Lean Thinking and Agility Way on Amazon.com. Now, I also have a podcast that we do, which is called um, I'll Share with Dr. Dave, um, something that you could uh, check out and interact with. And one of the key in, um, activities that I'm involved with is um, the Five Saturdays Outreach Program. And we'll you know, love for you to get involved with Five Saturdays as a program such that you could contribute and give back to your community if that's something of your choice. So here we are going. Uh, so basically, just wanted to tell you that launching an initial coin offering is a big deal, right? I mean, it's one of those things that's a big, hairy, audacious goal. Um, planning and facilitating the delivery of an ICO is just huge, huge undertaking. I'm trying to get that to market. And I believe, and from my experience, that using an agile practice is the best way to get there. And agile practices, you know, it's really made for responding to change. And it's one of the key constants uh, for delivering the ICO to market. So if I would say, if you want to do an ICO and do it really well, I would tell you that leveraging agile practices is a great way to get there. Some of the learning objectives. So we want to make sure at the end of this presentation that you understand what is an ICO. Um, you could use Kanban practices to reduce the chaos that comes with trying to do such a large initiative. Um, use Lean Business Canvas to evolve your business model and allows you to experiment with launching an ICO. These are all great things. So one way that I got involved with the ICO practice itself or, or this with an organization as a friend of mine reached out to me earlier this year and um, it was a need you know, for someone who was an expert in agility and lean business and the different practices. So he asked me to come on board and um, he was the acting CTO of the company at the time to come on board and help them to really accelerate the work that they're doing, trying to get things to market faster. So that was my gig. That's what I did to, to help the organization to to move forward and, and get things rolling. Um, so things that I did for them was things with user experience, helped to use more Kanban and Scrum, uh, got them set up with Team Foundation Services by Microsoft TFS. Um, wanted to make sure that we could drive more team collaboration as teams were distributed and, and or team members were distributed in different parts of the world and different parts of the country. 
um, and to also build a tremendous amount of transparency into what was going on to enable this digital transformation strategy. So what is an initial coin offering anyway? So when you think of an ICL, think of it also in the same vein as you would think of an initial public offering. Bringing a company um, on a stock exchange is similar uh, with an ICL. Not exactly the same, but similar. And what you're doing is giving up a percentage of ownership um, in the company to people to invest in your idea. And basically, you leverage that money to, to run the operations and to really launch your product. And so you could fund it with, with traditional fiat currency, USD. You know, I live in the United States, so that's one context. Or you could also use cryptocurrency as another um, source of, of funding. The context of cryptocurrency and what is it? When you think about it, um, cryptocurrency is really a, a digital encrypted currency itself that's run on the internet and computers, you know, distributed throughout the world. The whole idea is to be able to secure and verify every transaction that's done. So if I wanted to buy a bottle of water and I use cryptocurrency, um, it would see the transactions from my wallet um, where I went to a specific store and I purchased that water for how much it was purchased for at what point in time. And basically, it is validated throughout by multiple or what we call nodes or networks who are already looking at that information to make sure that um, that transaction is valid and it's immutable, right? It's just unchangeable. So there's a public ledger that's held and, and it's shared and people could always go back and verify that. Um, and it's using what they call blockchain. And we'll give you a bit more details about what is blockchain and, and what that's all about. Um, there's a context that we t they talk about, about currency. And so this is just a representation of an asset or utility on the blockchain. And so it is fungible, it's tradable. You could, I could give it to someone, someone could give it to me, we could exchange it for some value. Um, it could also be, um, you could use it for loyalty points. Um, and, and so we're always constantly using this blockchain um, methodology or software protocol, which is really code to deliver tokens between individuals and, and different systems. Now, there's this wonderful organization called the Securities and Exchange Commission in the United States. Um, you can learn more about them by visiting, um, and learn more about them in the context of an ICO by visiting um, www.sec.gov slash ICO. Um, what they're really concerned about is investors. Um, and they talk about the three yards of ICOs. What are the risks? What are the rewards? And what are the responsibilities of the actual company who is launching an ICO? And, and recently, so the, the, the position is, is tokens and offerings that feature and market the, the potential for profits based on the entrepreneurial or managerial efforts of others contain the hallmarks of a security under U.S. law. And the key words is as a security under U.S. law, as if you establish a token and you're trying to raise money through an ICO and you're shady, you could go to jail for this. Um, you could get fined for this. So I just want to make sure that we're aware that there's an organization out there um, that's looking out for us. And just to make sure that they 
make sure we don't have, and you know we have shady characters out there. Everyone knows that. And, and so we always have to be careful as we're dealing in the digital realm of, of being able to um, protect ourselves and protect others, especially when you're doing an ICO. Another key thing that comes up is the alternative trading systems because it's much like the stock exchange, right? And it's a platform to trade um, cryptocurrencies and it's regulated by the SEC. So as you can see, the SEC is involved in many of the, the digital platforms that we use and they're keeping an eye out for things. Um, a key standard um, that a lot of Bitcoins or not Bitcoins, but a lot of token and cryptocurrency um, use is called Ethereum. And basically a majority of the ICO tokens use this um, standard. I um, just wanted to share that with you because it's something that you need to be aware of and it's an opportunity for you to trade um, your coin back and forth and also raise money. Now the, the, the whole principle of cryptocurrency runs on blockchain and it's called a trust pro protocol to support immutable transactions things that does not change and you can't delete it um it, it uses a distributed um consensus letter ledger um where you have multiple people validating based on certain types of algorithms validating that each transaction is actually true um, it, so the key thing is supports commerce, economy, and the business, and different types of businesses. So um, even a t-shirt company, and I shouldn't say even a t-shirt company, I should say a t-shirt company could actually sell, create a token for its brand and sell that out on the blockchain and on the internet to make sure that it could raise money to sustain itself. We could use it as a means of, of um, different types of transactions. And you could really audit this end to end. I mean, there's a great application for this in the housing market as well. Um, so really, you know, how does blockchain really work when you, when you really think about it? You know, so there's a transaction request. I want to make a, a purchase or make a trade. So that is sent to a network of nodes, which are nothing more than computers, all computers running software, uh, validating to make sure that what is sent is actually true. You know, hey, I'm Dr. Dave. You know, you could identify that, yes, I was the one who actually sent that transaction. Wanted to make sure that everyone knows who I am. And so some of the, the, the algorithms that they call consensus algorithm, and the reason is, is because in the digital world, one thing they have is what we call a double spend. So I, in the real world, if I have $1, I could only spend it once. And once I'm spent it, that's it. But in the digital world, you know, you could essentially spend a, a digital currency multiple times. And that's what blockchain, one of the key features that blockchain provides is to make sure that you can't have the double spend. And so the consensus algorithms, there's a few. Um, the most popular is proof of work, which is done with different miners. So I could be a miner. I could use my computer and run some of um, Ethereum software to make sure that I am validating transactions on my network. Um, this is the first one that was created by Satoshi Nakamoto, and which is used for the, the whole Bitcoin blockchain, which is the start of stuff. If, if everyone knows who Satoshi um, Nakamoto, was, Nakamoto is, he was the one who actually wrote this white paper that really spawned this whole 
industry of, of blockchain and cryptocurrency. And so after it's validated, you know, there's also proof of stake um, where there's more of the, the, the mentors um, <laughs> where it's actually creating the, the actual tokens themselves. Um, they're the ones who's validating and it's not the miners, right? The miners are the people who are like myself and others who may run their, these algorithms on our computers at home or even in the cloud. Um, and then, so the third thing that they look at in terms of an algorithm for um, consensus algorithm is the proof of authority. You know, it's an Oracle, it's an admin account, and they're the one who's doing a lot of the validation. So once it's validated, it's trans just that transaction data is put in a block and a set of other with a set of other data. Now after that, it you can't change it, and then that I added to the chain. Then the transaction is completed, and and that's how it's how it works. And as you can see, there's a lot of complexity involved with with getting something like this to work. Um, one thing I would say as we start to kick up our, our ICO. I just want to give you a background of the technology um, and, and what are people using for blockchain itself. But one, one thing you want to be, be aware of is the whole context of golden apples, right? There are distractions. And with the blockchain world and cryptocurrency, there's lots of distraction. There's lots of news. Um, and you have to get into the mindset where you want to have more incremental plans, and they're all prioritized. Uh, because basically one day there's a new coin, one day there's a new platform, the, you know, and this is almost minute by minute. And basically they could distract you from really getting to the final outcome of the journey that you're on. And so I say you have to have metrics to help us determine progress and, and outcomes. And outcomes. How are we doing? How are we progressing against the goals that we have? And, and have fun along the way. So the whole concept of the golden apples, and I say beware of the golden apples. So there's this story, this um, Greek mythology story itself, where there was this great female um, athlete. Her name was Atalanta. And basically many men would come and race her, and um, every time they'll race her, they'll lose, and she will like take them out, actually kill them, like according to the Greek mythology. Now, there's another guy who came along. Um, his name was Hypomenes, um, and basically he wanted to race Atalanta, and he fell in love with her. How interesting is that? Talking about distraction, and and as part of it, this is where the golden apple came in. He went and he prayed to this goddess named Aphrodite, and Aphrodite gave him three golden apples. Now, as he's running and racing at Atalanta, what he did was at different increments, he would drop a golden apple and she would look at it and she would stop and be really taken by these apples. And this is how Hyponomies um, um, actually beat her in a race, right? And basically he ended up marrying Atalanta after cheating, <laughs> you know? Uh, so these are golden apples and, and that's what they're about. They're really distractions and we have to be mindful of them as we're going through this process of attempting to um, establish our ICO and our organization because it's really running a business. One of the key tools that we use in, in, the, in the Agile space is called Kanban, and it's a Kanban board, which means signal card. And as you can see, 
it's a visual aid to manage work as a team. Um, you can see that there's at least five different columns. Sometimes there are three. It starts with a minimum of three or four, and it could grow up to more than five. Um, I like to keep it simple. So to me, five is probably the most that I would want. Uh, and, and so this was made popular you know, in the software industry by this guy named, by the name of David J. Anderson. And he looked at it as a way to organize chaos around the team, chaos around the organization, and it makes it easier to prioritize and just really focus on what is the highest priority item that we have to work on today. And as you can see, there's one, two, three, four columns in, in my illustration, and each, I mean, four rows, and five columns. The four rows, those four rows represent a team. Each team may have its stream of work that it has to get done. And so it's important for us to really manage that and, and, and get that work done. So we start off with a bunch of stories, which we call a backlog. Um, and in that backlog, you, you then eventually think, well, what's the next highest priority work item to do? Well, maybe we put them, we bring them over in the to-do column and we prioritize them. When we're ready to work on them, we move them to in progress. Now, if we need someone to verify the work that we have completed, we move it to, to verify. And when that person is done, they move it to the done column. Really simple, linear transaction that you could see. Um, really easy for us to follow. Um, there, there's certain you know, key things that, that you could use as we start to uncover the workflow and, and really process the problem so we could con constantly and consistently deliver the right value to our client and customers. So there's a few things that you want to look at, and this gives us a way to visualize that workflow. And if you, so basically this is something that you could have as a digital element that someone could reach and look at in, on their mobile device. But also if we're in the same room, in the same space, we have a workspace, we could have this present 24-7. So everyone could know exactly where things are at all times. There's a concept called limit work in progress. Um, most people would like to limit to one to two things that are all in progress at any point in time. It's important for us to get to when we start something that we finish it and we don't have too many work in progress because it becomes a distraction. It becomes a golden apple. And we really want to minimize the amount of golden apples that we're dealt with. And, and we, have, we have to constantly change because that is not really an effective way of getting work done. Um, the importance is to be hyper-focused, right? Um, we want to manage flow, right? And so if you have lots of stuff that's work in progress, there's a strong possibility, a very strong possibility that you'll get distracted, you won't get things done, and you'll be context switching. And context switching is not a very healthy thing for human beings in general, right? I mean, we're better when we could do one thing, finish it, start another thing, finish it, and get to the end. Matter of fact, we actually work a lot faster and we are very much more happier when we're in that state of mind. Less frustration, less stress. Um, there's policies that will build around that, like limit whip. Is one thing, uh, make work visible, maybe another policy that, but we want to make it explicit. We have to be simple for people to follow. We, don't, we really want to keep it as simple as possible. Um, we want to also measure things. How many, the throughput of how fast sometimes we're getting things done. So we may think about limiting the size of work 
the effort that it takes to get something done. So we said, well, maybe we won't do anything that's bigger than three days. Right? I mean, so we'll break everything into one to three days um, worth of effort. And over time, you would start to understand and see these trends that we could work on and make sure that they work well for us. So I'll just take a little quick step. This is to help us be as collaborative as possible. And we want to be as scientific as possible in the process as well. So Kanban board is huge. It's huge for, for when you're doing an ICO. And it's one of the things that I use when I was working um, with a startup company to allow them to go faster, make work visible, and we could use scientific methods to really understand how we're progressing and where we have failure points and things we have to focus on. Uh, so, as you can see, we have 20 big eggs, <laughs> call them eggs, that are sitting there. That, that This is the work to get an ICO done, right? And it, it begins with a business idea. You have to build a team. You need legal counsel. You have to find partners who will help you to build your, your technology product. You need advisors, people who have done um, different things that you haven't. Um, and building a platform. Well. Um, you can't do it all by yourself, so you have to have some developers um, involved, some people to help you with marketing. If you you need to write a white paper, what, that's one of the things that you put out um, as a cryptocurrency or blockchain company or, or a fintech financial technology company is a white paper that really describes the intent of your product and, and what problem it, it, it intends to solve in the marketplace. It's important to have a roadmap of, of how you will get from beginning to end and begin to share that information out. Um, you may have to create a token or you may adopt someone else's token. In either way, you still have to, some work to do um, with, with, with the token itself and how you produce that. Security is huge. Um, how will you secure your system such that um, you're not, <laughs> you know, you, you don't get hacked. Right? And, and people's information is, is, is compromised. Um, you will have to go through an audit, audit in terms of your security policies and practices. You have to go through an audit about your tokens. Um, and it, you know, it's just something that you have to do to make sure that everyone in the marketplace, as you're coming, bringing this initial coin offering, people need to know. And you have to have as much of the open kimono um, <laughs> open, open kimono experience with um, the, the people who are going to invest in your company, people who are going to buy it, uh, buy it and, and believe in what you're doing. Uh, it's really important to do like a proof of concept release of your platform so you can start doing limited experiments, engaging people early, getting feedback often so you can start making decisions between pivoting or staying the course. You know, am I on the, on the, on the, on the right road to be successful? Then you know. Then once you're, it's time for you to get going to begin the process. Then there's a whole token sale marketing effort that needs to take place. You need to get out there and let the market know that you're present, that you're coming, um, and what date and for how long, and and what are the different parameters of the ICO. Uh, and then there's the token sale itself, right? The token that you created to represent um, your currency. Uh, there's going to be some type of a conversion needed as you convert. From there are certain transactions that you you need fiat currencies you need dollars 
that you're going to have to use to pay people to buy um, different equipment. So there, there will be a conversion that needs to take place. Uh, everyone, like I said, transparency is huge. So you know, how much, you know, how much tokens did you sell? How diluted is your company? Uh, we want these reports to be transparent and available to your investors and even potential investors. Now, now once at some point you have to get to where you have a transition plan because you you have to transition from being in a startup mode to where you're actually in a fully executing company mode where you have marketing and sales and HR and on and on and setting up a company. So there has to be a transition plan of how you get there. And then the, other, the last thing, which one of um, my recent friend that I met here in Tucson, his name is Profit, and it's spelled P-R-O-F-I-T. And it's interesting that he, one of the key things that he talked about when he thinks about cryptocurrency and blockchain is, you know, how do I file my taxes? How do you help people file their taxes? Well, th this is a critical element that where you could actually something that you have to provide and i think it's important that people could run a report and see um you know how much money did i invest how much did i make really important element key thing so this is the work to be done to do an ico and it's big hairy audacious goals lots of work lots of moving parts and leveraging agility and kanban is one tool to allow you to manage that flow um, throttle work in progress um, so that you're not just overwhelmed with, with the amount of work that has to be done. You have to fund the business. So to, to start the business off, um, you have to bootstrap it. And one way to do it is by, you know, self-funding, you know, through sweat equity, putting some of your own money, some of your own savings, some a lot of your time and energy. Well, you could always, you know, tap friends and family. Another way, that's the way a lot of businesses are started. You know, basically, cousins, brothers, sisters, mom and dad. Um, it's one way of how we get our businesses funded. Or you start, you work full time, and you know, you take portions of, of, of your income and begin to invest in your own business. Uh, you could go out and get angel investors who could also be another vital source of funding for you. And also, venture capital, another mechanism for you know, um, really raising a lot of money. So these are those are different ways. Now, one thing I wanted to introduce and, and make sure that we we uh, we use the appropriate tools. So Kanban helps you with delivery and execution and visibility. Now, understanding your business and how it works, I believe that you need the Lean Business Canvas. Um, well, it's called a business canvas, but I like the Lean um, Canvas that's done by, by Ash Mayora. Um, but by my Ash Myra, who wrote um, Running Lean. Um, so Alexander Osterwalder, um, he started off with the business canvas um, based on his business model ontology. Now, that was adapted by Steve Blank in his work in the four steps of epiphany. Now, I like to use the business canvas to describe and design, challenge, and, and really pivot you know, the business model itself. So there is nine key segments, nine key areas. And so the canvas is divided in two. One half on the left is about product. The other side is about market. And why this is important is, is that we need to understand what problem we're solving. 
which is we start off with one, which is the, on the product side. Now you go over to number two, which is on the market side. We said, who are the customer segments itself? Are we targeting people who are 35 to 50 year old who live in Tucson, Arizona, or who live in Orange County, California, or live in Australia? Um, so we need to start to identify the top, the customer segments um, that we're going to target to use our products and services or raise money. Um, what is the unique value proposition? You know, what's the compelling message that we have? And, you know, why are we different? Why should people invest in us or even buy our products and services? Um, and that sits in the middle between product and market. Now, number four is the solution. We want to think about what are the top key features that we want to offer to the market that people are going to say, yeah, that really helps me solve a job that I have to get done. And the jobs to be done theory um, is a Clayton Christensen uh, theory that he talks about in his book, The Innovator Dilemma. And it's really an important concept to realize that people could hire or fire our products and services at any point in time, which is a very interesting concept. Um, the, the other thing is, is sales channels. How are we going to get to our customers? What's the path? Are we using Groupon? Or are we using social media? Or is it a direct sale? Um, do we have channel partners where we have distributors and, and others who could help us reach um, additional customers? Uh, number six is revenue streams. What is our revenue model? Um, how do we make money? You know, how much gross margins um, do we expect? And so as we begin to think through the business itself, this also could be these nine elements. You could start putting them on your Kanban board of work to be done. You know, what's the cost structure? How much is it going to cost for people in your organization? Um, you, since you need a platform to run um, blockchain and cryptocurrency, so you're going to have a hosting fee, whether you're doing that in the cloud or you're renting um, space. And in either way, you're still renting space. If you're renting space by having your own data, data center or, or you're renting a rack space, you still have some hosting fees that you have to pay. Um, is there any cost of distributing your work? And especially with blockchain, um, as you do transactions across the nodes, there, there's fees, there are transaction fees that you have to be concerned about. Um, and basically, these are just things that you have to start to call out and capture. Number eight is really key metric. You know, how are you going to measure progress? This is very important. I, I think that a lot of people go into or, or they see the, the shiny coins in Bitcoin and think that you really do not have to treat that, this as a business and think about it in a way where you have, you're concerned with measurable outcomes. We have to be concerned with measurable outcomes, and you have to measure them, and you have to measure them frequently, and you have to make sure that you have the right metrics. Um, the number nine is the unique advantage. Um, what's the great differentiator that makes it hard for people to copy what you're doing? Uh, you know, it's something that you have to think about, and, and maybe at the start you may not know, and you may evolve over time. But as you can see, that this is an iterative process. It's something that you do multiple times. You may reevaluate your lean canvas. Um, if, and if you're doing what we call time boxes uh, and, and really trying to look at work every week or every two weeks, maybe it's something that you evaluate at that 
frequency level to make sure that you're going down the right path, um, to make sure that you, give, you have an opportunity to pivot right, and change direction so that you could be successful. These, this is a very key tool that we need. We need Lean Canvas and we need Kanban board to help guide the ship and direct that we're going in the right direction. Um, to really summarize, I just want to let you know, ICO is hard. It's hard work, and, and it really requires team efforts to get this done. Um, Kanban principle will give you a lot of the visibility that you need. It gives you the opportunity to see um, really what's going on and, and how you, you will be successful with getting this done. Remain focused. Golden apples trip you up all the time. They're beautiful. They're things that we love to admire. Uh, and, and so as you go through, it's about creating, what someone said, to create a zombie idea that never dies, something that stays around. Uh, kind of like Twinkies, right? I mean, they've been around for a long time, and it, it's, <laughs> it hasn't died yet so far. So th those are the things that you should look at when you're doing an ICO. We know there's lots of things to be done, and it will take many, many, many more webinars and podcasts to cover all of those 20 items that I've identified as the key elements to be successful with an ICO. Um, keep your head above and, and pay attention to the SEC. Um, you really do not want to go to jail um, when you're doing an ICO. Uh, you know, there's a lot of fraudulent people out there and you have to be mindful that um, you're paying attention to the rules and regulations um, that are out there. Uh, just a little bit more about my company, um, nalshare.org. Um, we're all about helping people achieve their awesomeness. And so we're involved with agile coaching and training. Um, we do like the Lean Business Startup Accelerator. You saw the Lean Canvas that we demonstrated. Um, that's key to helping organizations move forward. We provide a lot of on, uh, online courses or in-person courses. We do org agile organizational design to help you move forward, support your digital transformation strategy. And key things for us is diversity and inclusion coaching. Make sure that you could have the right people with the right skills at the right time. Um, as, as part of our, our, our wonderful journey here, uh, helping people to achieve um, awesomeness, awesomeness, you know, our process is really about gathering stories about the leaders, teams, and customers. Um, we advise you on visioning, strategy, and roadmap. We help you with delivery by using Lean, Agile, and DevOps practice. And we want you to really sustain where you're going, right? So you have the center of enablement. You're enabling people to be the very best from discovery um, to people development and to your product journey. And, and so that's what Nalshare is about. Uh, you want to get in touch with us, um, visit us on the web at www.nalshare.org. Um, you can reach us on Twitter at Nalshare, and email, you can reach out to me, Dr. Dave, at nalshare.org. Um, we're really grateful for this opportunity to share with you. Um, one more thing that I want to tell you about is the Five Saturdays program. I think that's, it's one of the things that, I call it my, the, the thing that I'm very stoked about in terms of giving back into the community, teaching kids, 
software development, teaching kids the ability to um, use agile practices as a life skill. Um, we teach them the, the, the lean canvas that you saw that was presented here is one of the tools that we use to um, really teach kids how to start a business. We, we give them skills in, in writing a resume and, and how to interview for jobs. Um, so all in all, what we're, we try to do, we teach them software development um, concepts and skills with Python. But what, what we're trying to do is to help to educate and build the next generation workers you know, globally is one of our efforts. So we're grateful to the Agile Alliance for their support, um, for the Scrum Alliance, and for many other companies that support us, as well as for Nileshare.org. So what I would like you to do um, is to go out to our website. It's, it's called Five, the number Five, Saturdays.org. So go to Five, Saturdays.org, and click on the Donate button. Give us some money, help us to continue our effort, give us some time, uh, give us your talent, and really not us, but really give back to your community. And, and that's what we're after. Um, we're really grateful to be in a position to do that, and we would like to get, bring more people in. We'd love for you to join us. So, you know, feel free to, to do that. And, you know, thank you again. And this is the Agile for Humanity uh, Tucson meetup. We're doing a, a monthly webinar series, and there will be another one coming up in November 17th, and another one on December 15th. So go to meetup and look for Agile for Humanity Tucson meetup, and you know join us. You know this is fun. It's really great to share knowledge, and we're bringing people from across the world to to share back with our audience locally here in Tucson and throughout the world. So with that, enjoy your Saturday and find your awesomeness. We would like to thank our sponsor, Nalshare, for the continued support for this podcast. Visit nalshare.org to achieve your awesomeness through agile coaching and training, digital transformation strategy, agile organization development, lean business startup, and diversity and inclusion training. Thank you, Agile Alliance, for the Meta Pro account sponsorship. Learn more about Agile Alliance at www.agilealliance.org. We support lean thinking and agile life skills education through the Five Saturdays program. Visit www.fivesaturdays.org to donate your time, money, and knowledge. Check out Dr. Dave's latest book, Elastic Minds, What Are You Thinking?, on Amazon.com. You will also find his book, Transforming Your Leadership Character, The Lean Thinking and Agility Way, on Amazon.com. Look for the Nileshare with Dr. Day podcast on iTunes and Google Play. The Nileshare with Dr. Day podcast is streamed on GrokShare.com. If you have questions for Dr. Dave, reach out on Twitter at Dr. Cornelius Info or at Nileshare. This podcast is produced by Dr. Dave Cornelius. Copyright 2018. Nile Share.